Hi, everybody. This is Jeffrey Short with Market Scale Healthcare. Today, we're joined by Justin Kapos. He's an associate professor of computer science and engineering at the Tandon School of Engineering at New York University. And we're happy he can join us here today. Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeffrey. Thanks for having me. So we wanted to dive into the cybersecurity threats that are facing the healthcare industry, their threats to hospitals and the data, and obviously everyone that goes in and out of a hospital should be somewhat concerned about the vulnerability, I suppose, that's going on um, in hospitals with cyber threats. But um, a lot of this is also attached to the rise of connected devices. Is that correct? And can you kind of tell us what the importance for hospitals is of having these connected devices? Yeah, so the importance of uh, connected devices is these are things that people are very comfortable with. And um, you have a lot of people in hospitals, the nurses and doctors, they're very, very skilled people. And asking them to try to learn a completely new, crazy interface is maybe not the best use of a brain surgeon's time who makes a million dollars a year doing brain surgeries. So um, as these devices, these uh, things you know that we're all used to, we all know they're very usable. And Hospitals have, in some cases, uh, started to use them in in areas to help to uh, do things like track inventory or manage patient records or other things of that sort. Interesting. And then, you know, in terms of just the vulnerability that hospitals are susceptible to, I suppose, I was reading recently that Moody's, the credit rating agency, ranked hospitals among the most vulnerable industries in general uh, to cyber attacks. Can you explain why they're so vulnerable? Yeah, there's a there are a whole bunch of reasons for this. Um, so one of them is the fact that uh, when you buy a hospital buys equipment, um, the medical equipment they buy tep- typically has a very long lifespan. It's uh, something that may operate for 20, 30 years, maybe used for that period of time. And if you go back and you think about what computers were like 20 or 30 years ago, they were fantastically different. The companies that go and sell these, uh, there's about 7,000 different vendors that sell medical devices. And those vendors are uh, very often, in fact, almost always basically doctors that have come up with ideas and then uh, done, you know, like basically gone and commercialized this. At least the long tail of that is at the high end, you have, you know, the big companies that make these devices, but you get this very long tail of you know, doctors who had a great idea, formed a startup, implemented something and got it out there. And so you can imagine that they don't have the same sort of security team that you would have at Google or the NSA or others like that. Um, And there also tends to be this kind of uh, like mismatch of just uh, devices that are bought from different vendors that that come in that are on a hospital's network. You have... um, Uh, this kind of problem if you're an IT administrator trying to understand and reason about things, it's it's not the case that you can just go and get a completely integrated whole hospital-wide solution that has like a unified security posture and, um, you know, has has everything set up in a very easy way for you. Um, So that's that's yet another problem. And then compounding all of this, a hospital is an area where people come in and out all the time. And when they come in and out, you know, someone's going to go visit their their friend or their loved one in the hospital. They're going to bring their laptop. They're going to bring other devices with them. And so you have really a very little physical control over your network. 
Um, so people can go and, and actually get on the network uh, fairly easily. And so you can't just go and say, oh, you know, we're just going to assume no bad guys ever get on our protected network in the hospital. That's a great way to get yourself hacked. Um, now, fortunately, it's not all bad news. Um, but those are a lot of the, the really um, negative downside things that, that hospitals have working against them from a security standpoint. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. And I think everyone understands the complexities of you know hospitals on a day-to-day basis. Like you said, it's a good point bringing so many different people in and out, even just people that are you know, family members, like you said, on different devices, especially today more than ever. So that's uh, got to be a difficult challenge for these hospitals. But can you tell me a little bit about who might be behind these sort of cyber attacks and um, the data that they're able to pull, where's the value for them? Because I think we always just see headlines, cyber attack or hackers, but we don't really know who these people are in a lot of cases and, and what the value of the data it is that they're getting. Yeah. So there are lots of different attackers that want to go and compromise hospitals and have been successful in doing so. Now, an intelligent attacker that that is trying to target a hospital the usual thing that they want to do is they want to steal medical records because medical records are extremely valuable. They're much more uh, valuable to an attacker than like your credit card number and your social security number and other things like this. And the reason why is is because at least in the United States, it's fairly uh, profitable to uh, do fraudulent uh, billing and other things like this related to um, uh, like your medical records. If I have your records, then I can go and you know, maybe help people get prescription drugs they shouldn't get or um, do other things in order to uh, sort of incur costs and defraud the government. Uh, now, those are the very motivated attackers that understand they're going after a hospital. But we've also seen a lot of situations where there's things like ransomware or other type of software like that, where it takes over computers um, and mass and hospitals happen to be hit by those sorts of attacks fairly frequently in part because um, a lot of times they have to run software that's a bit out of date, you know, uh, just like, you know, their the hardware is is often out of date, the medical devices are out of date, the software that they use is also often out of date. And so they may have to be running something like Windows XP. And so as a result, they may have a greater susceptibility to malware that goes and tries to target old unpatched uh, computers. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously something that's very concerning and um, not having that uniform security system has to be a, a huge challenge. So who's ultimately, I guess, sort of on the hook here or, or what steps are being taken um, to combat these attackers? Is it, um, is it hospitals that are reaching out to the software community to create uh, a more comprehensive security uh, apparatus? Or um, you know, who's sort of uh, leading the charge to fight back? Well, it, it, to be honest, it's a little bit of a mess. There are some higher level efforts that have, uh, I think, fairly minimal amounts of traction. Um, but what really needs to happen is there needs to be much more of a concerted effort. I think hospitals view this in some sense as as a risk in an area that they're not specializing in. I mean, their their goal is not to be the most cyber secure environment. It's it's to treat patients as effectively as they can. Um, and so I, I feel like um, individual hospitals are often doing good things, but there isn't um, th- there isn't an effective, pervasive effort that's being done. Further compounded with this is um, the government has had 
some taken some steps. There's been some positive things that have been said about, uh, you know, the way that medical devices should be updated and, and other things related to that, which is just absolutely premium for security. But I haven't seen really the same efforts that we've seen behind um, like folks like, for instance, the Department of Homeland Security has gotten quite involved in trying to protect election systems and automobiles and um, the power grid and other things like this. And I I feel, um, at least from my perspective, that there hasn't been the same level of government focus in part because there's a mix of different agencies that all have sort of overlapping roles. And and I I would really love to see one of those agencies really pick up the baton and say, we are going to make hospitals secure we're doing everything we can in our power because um, I've seen a lot of kind of hot potato from at least my own perspective. And on the hospital end, you wouldn't expect um, them to go back on these connected devices because they are bringing a lot of, you know, obviously, um, benefits to the hospitals. So you don't see them kind of curtailing these maybe more vulnerable devices, do you? I don't I don't think that they will do that. Um it's it's so hard to do it. And I think a good analogy to think about is a car. So if imagine you have like a new Tesla that, uh, you know, it has all the lane assist and all the other safety features, but it also is, you know, it's connected over the internet. And there's some potential there that a hacker could get in and do all sorts of bad things to your car. Now, I have a 1977 Corvette. Um, my car is immune to cyber attacks in part because it has no computers anywhere in it. Um, now, is my car safer than that Tesla? No, I don't think so. Um, but it's safer against cyber attacks. And so when you look at hospitals, they're able to be much more efficient and give a much better standard of care to patients because of these um, automated devices. And so I don't see this as a tide that is going to roll back or necessarily one that we'd want to roll back. So medical devices are actually very, very expensive, and they're not something that the typical, um, you know, hacker just has, you know, lying around. Whereas, at least if you live outside of New York, pretty much everybody has a car or, um, you know, has has like a little Internet of Things devices. It's cheap to go and buy those. But when you have to spend tens of thousands of dollars to get a specific make and model of um, a specific thing in a hospital, then it, it just makes the bar that much higher. Um, that combined with the fact that they have really a myriad of different uh, like operating systems and libraries that are used in environments, there's this lack of standardization. Um, what it, it makes it in some ways a little uh, harder for the attacker because the attacker might not know exactly what kind of environment they're dealing with. Um, and so it, it, you know, as a, as a hacker, you often know some environments better than others, and maybe you can kind of luck out and get somebody that it takes them a little longer to figure out how to hack into your out-of-date uh, device than it would be if everything were more uniform. Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting, almost double-edged sword there. Um, so we'll have to see, I guess, what they do to combat these. And I did just want to end quickly with um, a question that I think you've sort of touched on, but I haven't really asked it directly. How are these attacks sort of different than the cybersecurity attacks we see that are going up against banks or hotels? I guess those are maybe more about your bank statements, credit card information, things like that. But are there different challenges in combating them? 
In uh, typically in in banks, banks have a lot of controls over their systems, and the banks, um, you know, they're not really just buying a whole bunch of off the shelf things from vendors that they don't audit or really look at in detail. And with hospitals, they in some sense have to kind of buy things off the shelf because there's seven thousand hospitals out there. Uh, and they're all trying to buy things from these different vendors. And so none of them is kind of a big enough force where if you have a large bank, they can go and, you know, kind of custom make their their software portal and, and do other things around the controls for that. Um, banks are also very good at dealing with risk. So they really, I think, have led in the cybersecurity space because they have an understanding of this, whereas hospitals, um, I, I think, have not had that same you know, they've not been willing to pay that same amount of money for the IT talent, um, which, you know, makes makes a, a fair degree of sense because it's um, it's not as direct of an impact uh, for them. It's it's bad if their medical records are stolen, but I, I don't I, I hospitals typically can mitigate that with insurance and haven't been on the hook the way that banks often are or uh, retailers like Target and so on are. Well, I mean, it's obviously something that. um I've found to be very interesting as I've been learning about it a lot, and I'm surprised that uh, you don't hear maybe as much about it as we should in regards to our hospitals, but um, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on it. And um, Justin, thanks so much for joining us. It was really interesting to get your perspective on it, and um, I'd love to do this again sometime. Thank you. Would be happy to. This interview is part of the MarketScale Contributor Program. If you'd like to be featured as a contributor on marketscale.com, please submit content to publications at marketscale.com or head to our publications pages at marketscale.com slash industries to see more.